I'll be taking my scripture tonight from 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1 will be starting at the third verse. We're only one week away from we just, Easter just last week. So it's just funny how we can just kind of blast through the holidays. I was reminded of that as I was studying this, and this, this was on my mind even before Easter. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed revealed in the last time that's a whole lot in three verses a living a lively hope. This is a hope that the world doesn't understand. As I uh, looked up these words, the word lively in the original is the same word that's used in Hebrews 4.12 when describing God's word as quick and powerful. It means to be alive. So this is, a, this is not a hope in something that we're not sure about. Uh, there, there's an assurance with this hope. It's lively. It's alive. And this hope, it means to anticipate, usually with pressure, pleasure or confidence. And this is also translated as faith many times, the specific word We'll get back to that in a little bit. But verse 4 says it's an inheritance that's incorruptible. We might have uh, someone pass that, that leaves something behind for us, uh, but just like they couldn't take it with them, neither can we. This is undecaying or immortal. It's undefiled. Pure, clean, untainted. For who? This is the key part. Who is this reserved for? Those who are kept by the power of God. We hear that if you want to be kept, you will be. Salvation is not something anyone has to lose. If we want to be kept, we can be kept by the power of God. Through faith. Through faith unto salvation. This inheritance and this hope are for those who are born again. Peter's specifically speaking to, to, to the church here. We heard about that this morning. It's a great sermon this morning. 
about being ready. If you have this hope, you're ready. But we go on and we, we see that Peter, Peter's a realist. He understands how life comes along, like we heard even in our testimonies tonight. Verse 6 says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice. Amen? We're, we're thankful for this hope. Though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Life will happen. But the hope cannot be taken. It's a lively hope. It's something that's steadfast and sure in our hearts. It's something that's put there by the Lord and no one can take it away. Nothing can take it away. It's a lively hope. Verse 7 talks about trials. That the trial of your faith. Anyone enjoy that? The trial of your faith? Is that something you enjoy? I just enjoy the fact that I know the Lord's going to be with me with, through it all. That's that lively hope again. Uh, we can know that when the trials come, that lively hope will carry us through. The trial of your faith being much more precious. Peter calls it precious. Why are trials precious? It increases our faith. That's why trials are precious. And others will see us go through those trials in amazement. Because when the Lord keeps us and carries us, they don't understand that. How do you do it? I don't. The Lord does. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Verse 8, Whom having not seen, ye love. Amen? In whom though now ye see him not, yet believing. Do you believe? We're a week past Easter. Isn't this about when uh, Thomas got to meet the Lord? This is about a week later, wasn't it? They're in the upper room. Thomas has already says, I'll never believe. There's Jesus. Hi, Thomas. Here's my hands. Thrust your hand in my side. What did Jesus say to him at that point? Let's turn to John 20. And then saith, uh, and let's see, then Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus was talking about us. We have not seen, yet we believe. We have a lively hope. Verse 9, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. When we hear about the word salvation, sometimes that's talking about being born again, and sometimes that's talking about when we actually go up 
That's the salvation. That's when we leave here, that's the salvation of our souls. We leave this incorruptible and go, or leave this corruptible and go to the incorruptible. Amen? We look forward to that. This hope, this, this hope, lively hope, elicits a response from us. When we realize what God has done and we have this hope spring up, uh, it, it causes us to do things. We look into God's Word. We pray. We have joy. We also do a few other things here. Peter reminds us in verse 13 of this same chapter, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and hope, to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Gird up to prepare for action or equip ourselves. To be sober, to watch. We heard this morning it means to, to take things seriously. It doesn't mean to always be serious, but to, to take it seriously. It's not a laughing matter as far as what the gospel's all about. Hope is to expect. To expect it. And with, with assurance, expect it. Not, I hope it happens. We know it's going to happen. That's why it's a lively hope. When he says to gird up yourself, to gird up the loins of your mind. In other words, we need to be sure that we have our focus on Jesus. Uh, we, we keep our eyes and our ears on the word of God. We pray. We, we look to the Lord. We, 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 we can't put our blinders on, as they say. We'll be in the world. We'll have to deal with the world. But we don't want to be distracted by it. Makes me think of Ephesians chapter 6. Starting at verse 10. This is Paul now. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That sounds like a lot, doesn't it? When you read through that verse, it sounds insurmountable. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, above all, taking the shield of faith, Wherewith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance 
and supplication for all saints. Gird up your mind. Be sober. This is serious. The Lord's coming. We hear that. Do we see it? Gird up our minds. If we move on to the fourth, 14th chapter in 1 Peter chapter 1, we, we find ourselves into some verses we hear quoted a lot. I'm going to start at 13 again because they kind of go together. Wherefore, gird, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, we've been delivered. We're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away. Behold, all things, all things are new. Not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And if ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear, Forasmuch as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot. See why I went here when it was Easter time? I think Peter was thinking about Easter time when he wrote this. He had to be. This lively hope. In 1 John 3, 3, we read that every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. This lively hope elicits a response, a desire to be sanctified, a desire to separate oneself from the world and to dedicate your heart and your life to the Lord. To say yes when he asks for something. To give him something when he asks for it. That's what this lively hope does for us. It's a result of a transformation that has occurred in our hearts. This lively hope is tangible. You know when you have it. It is a possession it's something you know you have. And it, puts, it causes us to take action. Hebrews 10, 23 has that the word that is used as hope. In this scripture is used as the word faith. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith or our hope without wavering. For he is faithful that promised Aren't you thankful for the promises of God? It, it, when we go into the chapter 6 of Hebrews, it speaks about God's promises. I'm going to start at verse 17. 
wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise. That's us, by the way. Heirs of promise. Talks about the inheritance in First Peter. The, immuni- the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. That by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. I like that. If he said it, count on it. We might, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay a hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor. It's tangible. It holds us steady. It's a lively hope. Say, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. Amen. There are no doubts in the gospel. The devil puts doubts in our mind. We have to deal with doubt. I'm not saying that that doesn't happen. But when it comes to this lively hope, we don't need to doubt. God's promises are sure. Ultimately, this hope has to be shared. We don't keep it to ourselves. We're to go out in the world and preach the gospel. That's required. We must. You know, as we love the promises, but there's always commands too. That's a command. We need to share this thing with anyone and everyone. 1 Peter 3.15 But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. We don't cram it down their throat. We share the love of Christ. We love them. That's how it works. That's how Christ, that's how I got saved. Christ showed me he loved me. That is why I got saved. That's why I prayed. He showed me he loved me. We're supposed to be a reflection of Christ. We love them. That is how we win them. So what kind of hope do you possess tonight? Do you hope you're right with God? That kind of hope is very fleeting. You don't that's not tangible. It's not something you possess. It's something you just think might show up. That, that's, that's a dangerous place to be. You want to be sure. I want to be sure. When we know we're born again, only then do we know we have that lively hope. So the opportunity tonight is pretty pretty simple. The gospel is simple. You know who complicates the gospel? Humans. We do. We make it so difficult sometimes. 
This lively hope is very simple. It is something you come to the Lord. If you're unsure, maybe you at one point believed you did pray, and you're not sure, the Lord will give you assurance if you're honest. Come on down. Just pour out your heart to the Lord. I don't know where I stand, Lord. I want that lively hope. I want to know I have it. Maybe you've never had it. Oh, give it a try. Give it a try. Come to the Lord. Come down and just, if you don't know how to pray, God will help you to pray. I didn't know how to pray. I just learned rehearsed prayers. I didn't learn, I mean, I didn't know how to actually pray from my own heart. But the Lord knows all about that. If you, if you want to be saved, you just come to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to be saved. What do I do? Help me. Help me. He answers that cry. In fact, his ear is intent to the cry of every heart. Whatever your need is tonight, he's listening. Oh, that every one of us walk out of here with that lively hope tonight. That's our prayer. The song is 527.